pure nerdism. No. <laughs> Here he is, the king. Senior scrumptious, how are you? <laughs> I'm extra scrummy today, mate. Uh, I'm just marinating in the juices of Steph Gilmore's big win over there at Trestles. Just could not be a prouder Aussie, mate. Couldn't be more proud of the surfing that she did. Couldn't have been more proud of the the grit and the the, the absolute belief and the dogfight that she got herself into, the mental strength that she showcased. <laughs> oh, how good was it? <laughs> oh, wow. Like, what, what, I mean, what a freaking title to take over. Eight, eight, eight titles, like, just, just right where she deserves to be. Iconic, eh? Just etched into, I can etched into history and, and so well-deserved, eh? Like, just, and, and like, saying she just, whether whether she hides it, but it just looks like she did it so easy. Hey, she's just for a purist. Um, she just ticks every box, doesn't she? For mm. any 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 style of serpent you love, you can't argue or dispute Steph's greatness. No, no, you, you certainly cannot. And she she really did just run the sword through everyone else that day. She's like no one came close, really. I mean, Breeza. <laughs> Breeza kind of got her when she had those little stumbles at the start, sort of, uh, you know, put a little bit of a question mark there. You know, are, are you up for this or are you going to have a, like a melt like last year? But, yeah, I mean, in the end, she answered that and then no one came near her. Like, how was it? Eh? Just classic, like, Lioness Steph just, just took a bit of time to get going. Mm. Were you surprised at like all, I mean, the, you did call it. Uh, you did say she was get, she had the, she had the uh, capability – Mentally, physically, certainly with the, uh, you know, just the surfing prowess. But did anything about her performance surprise you at all? You know what? Yeah, probably the progression part. Like, I just, I, I couldn't believe, um, yeah, like, like she, she just brought something new and, and something fresh. Like, I didn't even know whether, um, yeah, like, I hadn't seen that before. Like, and I guess that's what the whole idea of the final stage is, is, you know, like, to bring something new like that, that was, um, that was really surprising. Definitely the most entertaining part of the whole day. Mm. 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 Yeah. <laughs> nice one, King. Well, look, man, uh, you know, we, we've, uh, Smithy and I have spoken at length about uh, the day itself and, um, you know, particularly Steph. We, we, we did a big deep dive on that just yesterday. If you haven't had a listen, Swellians, go and check it out. But... One thing that I've been dying to talk to you about, mate, as you know, the head coach now of uh, at Surfing Australia and our next tilt at the Olympics, is that you were there last year. You you got to to test it firsthand. We had a little bit of a chat before the day rolled on, and and you gave us your insights into that. Yeah. I, I really want to just pick your brain on what went wrong for the for the Aussies in this final day, the Aussie men. Oh, mate, it's it's really quite obvious. I think it's um. I think it's one of the curses. It's just that I'm waiting for perfection. Um, just waiting for unicorns. Um, instead of instead of actually just just rolling the dice and, and backing yourself, like it's just really hard to come back from um, from a twelve or fourteen total um, when the waves are inconsistent like that. If you're waiting for something that doesn't exist, it just everything builds up, and it, it was quite obvious. Um, quite obvious that's what happened in both cases 
do you think the boys failed to adapt a bit? I mean, the, the early morning heats looked really fun, you know, like it was dead glassy, that classic fun trestles. Uh, both, we know Ethan and Jack can excel and really pump the rail. I mean, if you were surfing against Italo, you know that's your point of difference. Um, do you think, you know, by the time Ethan paddled out, that puffy little onshore was up, the, the waves were looking a little more gutless. Uh, like... How do you break from your game plan, Kingy? Like, how do you do it? How do you sort of paddle out and go, okay, this plan A isn't working. When do you activate plan B? And do you even, is it even smart to paddle out with a plan B? Yeah, well, I just think, again, I just reckon being um, overall by the situation, thinking they had to do more than they, more than was necessary when they'd realised that everything was trending in their favour and they were getting rewarded for what they were doing. So just finding that enough green water for them to execute that, it would, you know, well, it just looked like that was a little bit of a a hiccup and a hurdle. So do you think Um, the the ice that they've showed all year, the steel sort of delaminated a bit in the final? Were you picking up on that sort of mood in the way that the boys approach their heats? Yeah, I definitely definitely think that. And you're just hearing, like, again, obviously um, an, an armchair... Expert here. Um, <laughs> Mate, you do have a little bit of pedigree, King. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just uh, what I really appreciated about as well was the commentary. And I heard that there were some changes, you know. Like, I heard I heard there were some fin changes, some board changes, like even from the morning block. So, straight away, those kind of things just show uncertainty and doubt and just not backing what works. So, um, yeah, just just look like um, that, that those kind of things that they just didn't value what they had and what was working. Mate, how hard is it um, to get the conditions out of a surfer's head? How hard is it to, to make them look at what is out there and just, you know, apply themselves to what they're getting? Because I remember with Steph, you know, Jake Patterson used to just pull his hair out. I mean, he had no hair, so I don't know what he was pulling out, but it used to drive him insane. <laughs> When, you know, he'd turn up and, and he knew the conditions were going to be a, a mental hurdle for Steph. And, and it really was one of the big struggles of his coaching time with her to get her out of that, you know, the waves aren't doing what I need them to do kind of kind of thinking. Do you think um, when you turned up in Japan for the Olympics with Gabby and it was just this windblown crap shoot, w- did that play into Gabby's sort of mindset at all or was that something you had to deal with? Nah, not at all. Like, I just think that... Like again, that just just that um, it's part of it. Like it's a, it's a game you chose. If you if you wanted perfection and and you wanted a controlled environment, then you choose squash or tennis, right? Like indoor <laughs> tennis. So it's like you can't you can't ever regard that. That's what makes makes our sport makes us special is the ability to adapt and and say, yeah, I'm not buying that. I don't I don't buy into that for a second. Mm. Mm. But so, all right, well, so you're saying that Ethan and Jack are at a level where, you know, the conditions aren't going to be a factor when they paddle out. They're going to have a game plan and they're going to stick to it. The question that I want to know, how do you, you know, adapt to the conditions as they're changing or realize that your game plan isn't working? Like at what point do you pull the trigger and say, okay, time to activate plan B? I think it comes like I honestly think it comes just like obviously like everything is predictable and I guess that's that singular focus like if you've got a pull back gaze you can see that ruffle coming up um, so I just think it's um, again it's just 
setting yourself and locking yourself in on an expectation. So you never want to be sitting any further off the shelf anyway. So the green spots, you know, you're always going to be underneath where the most opportunity is, you know, like which was inside and those super cleaner ones that you could see. Um, always the second, like they, that, 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 those kind of things I, I, I think, um, I think a plan definitely on the beach. It's just instead of thinking that you have to do more and be on that absolute perfection, I think that's the hook. Mm. Yeah, because it seems to me that the one of the big parts of Italo and Steph's success on the day was that they just went surfing. They weren't. They did really didn't seem too concerned with any sort of um, strategic manoeuvring or like you know uh, gamesmanship. Italo caught probably 400 waves that day. And Steph, <laughs> Steph surfed, you know, she was just in that perfect flow. Sometimes, I guess, in surfing, that just happens. And we know we've all had those surfs. But she caught a lot of waves as well. And I just thought, you know, Ethan and Jack really robbed themselves of any opportunities by not getting any waves or, you know, for looking, like you said, for the unicorns. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. Um, and, Lessons learned. Like I don't think that'll happen again. Um, yeah, like I, I don't think that'll happen again. Like that was, yeah, and it, it didn't happen for them all year. So that was just, I think, I think it got to them. You know, the hype and the and the and the enormity and everything that comes around that. It's a unique event. It's an event within itself. It's a tour within itself. That one contest. So mm. I reckon they just, um, it definitely looked like they're infected by that. Mate, um, when you're on the beach and you can see. You know, someone who who your is in your corner, and you can see the uh, the threads starting to fray a bit. You know, the mental strength starting to sort of peel off. What can you do? Can you do anything at that point, or are you just sort of stuck up in the coach's box watching? You know, <laughs> watching the nightmare unfold. <laughs> no, I refuse to. Yeah, no, like you you see that. Um... You know, like you, you see that—that's really um, elementary amateur coaching, the whistling and pointing. So that, um, you know, that—that's more of a hindrance than a help. So you'd never go to that. But you know what? You set—you set mental cues. You set a physical cue for them to snap themselves out of it, whether it be a uh, pinch and a pressure point, a face slap, punching themselves in the leg, something, <laughs> something that. You know, you, you you come up with a you definitely come up with a physical cue that can break it out of that. Mm. Wow. Um, I would definitely have that in place. It's almost like a it is it's a shoot like um, it's a shoot that if they find themselves or they they find that internal dialogue spinning and they've lost control of that, then that's when um, when like it's, you're talking about there's a physical element there to snap them back out. So you definitely you have that as a last resort. They have that. Um, you, you would um you would have created something like that with your athlete. Wow, and I mean you know the whistling and the pointing and stuff it worked all right for Felipe's old man. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, mean he's got the trophy on the uh, mantelpiece at home. Wow, but that um well very well deserved. Like I think that. Yeah, just just that that skill and talent. It was um, it was only a matter of time. So it was very well earned. And mate, what about like just handling disappointment though? I mean, Jack and Ethan, they had mind-boggling years. They surfed out of their skin. They were, they, I mean, they flew the flag with such pride. Uh, they really, you know, reinvigorated our passion for Australian surfing at the top end. Like, how do you 
turn yeah, disappointment yeah, yeah. into a positive? Like, if, if are these guys going to be able to shake it off and hit the ground running next year with the same sort of mental strength and, yeah. and sense of possibility? Or do you think they'll feel a bit wounded and have some scar tissue to deal with? No, I just think they came about. It was almost like a coming of age, kind of like a breakthrough year. So I, I don't I don't think they would have expected to have the success they did to have gotten that um, where they got to. So I can't really I can't really see any disappointment. So I just sort of see momentum. Like I just think it's their their coming of age and their time. So I don't I don't think that disappointment. I mean just a couple of couple of days in Vegas to shake that off, and I reckon they'll be back. <laughs> well, actually, uh, like as a, a really good sign, I saw um, you know different photos of Jack and Ethan partying and feeling the love and feeling the appreciation of you know sponsors and friends and family around them. And you know, I think once it sinks in to finish top five in the world, to be in with a shot with the, at that world title with it, you know, in the last event of the season, the last day of competitive surfing of the year. That must feel so good once it sinks in, once the initial disappointment sort of fades out. Oh, totally. And when you experience, like, when you experience that day, like we talked about, it's 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 got that, it's got that um playoffs feel to it. Like it's something in itself. You realise how on top of the mountain you actually are by the way you're treated within that, and 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 the way that um the yeah they just. The professionalism that, that, that is at that event, um, yeah, I just reckon there's another level in that that'll, that'll add to your performance and makes you want to go and get another bite at it. Like, that that creates even more hunger by experiencing it. Mate, last word, uh, trestles. Like, what do you think? Are we going to head back there for a third year or, or do we have to break out of there and, and go and get some, some proper waves of truth for the uh, WSL finals next season? That's a great comment. I was thinking the same thing. Like, I just thinking like, yeah, you, you think of locations, even Lakey Peak or something that's got a bit of everything, you know, a bit of barrels. Like, you need a, a marriage both, like where you can. You, you don't want to take the performance element out of it. Like, I freaking love trestles for that, but just try and find a location that can actually um, can tick every box undisputed that way. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd be throwing locations like, yeah, it's somewhere in Indo. Um, <laughs> well, anywhere, yeah, anywhere else I'm kind of feeling at the moment. <laughs> I, I just don't know if I can watch another one of these things go down. In, uh, yeah, definitely not in, you know, shoulder height, uh, sloppy, sideshore, gutless Californian dribble. I just, I think it's, uh, it does a disservice <laughs> to everything. <laughs> oh, man, I will. You said it. You said it, Borno. <laughs> <laughs> oh, King, thanks oh. for the insights, brother. And, um, you know, we'll be checking oh. back in with you as we start the uh, the next big Olympic push and the uh, Aussie oh, – well, fuck, the Aussie push to uh, qualify. Well, mate, I'm actually on the phone to you right now on the way to Brisbane Airport with the team as we speak. Um, yeah, we're on the way to Huntington to win an extra spot for Chopes. Crew are going to get gold, so we're off to go get gold right now, mate, as we speak. Oh, yes, that's the way, King. Bring home those gold medals, mate. We love it, brother. <laughs> I love you, Vaughn. Love you too, mate. Talk soon. See Thanks you, for your time. Bye, mate. Bye, mate. Bye. Competition surfing. Rashies. Oh, yeah. Baby, I can get Pure 
to our nerdism. <laughs>